to Good Vibrations Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we're all energy vibrating at different frequencies, and in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We're your source for everyday alchemy, so you can take the lead in your life and turn it into gold. Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rota Psychic Fair. Now, the Rota Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 34 years. Our last fair was October 21st and 22nd, and our next event is October 13th and 14th at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. I encourage you to sign up for the email list on rotapsychicfair.com and goodvibrationsradio.com so you can be notified about upcoming events. Last week, Joyce Muse from Pacific Astrology shared the information on the transformative elements of the celestial alignments for May and June. That's a whole lot of words that looked good when I wrote them, but are hellacious to try to say. Now, if you missed any part of that broadcast, you can visit the podcast page of Good Vibrations Radio, The link is on the homepage of the Good Vibrations Radio website. Before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, a performer, a reader, a healer, a radio host, and an author. I've been a part of the metaphysical community all of my life. My undergraduate and graduate degrees are actually in metaphysical sciences. This show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects, offered by those who have explored those areas. Now, for those who listen regularly, you know I like to start each show with a reading from Day by Day with James Allen. In 1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh, and he chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It was described by Alan as a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in your own thought world, you hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters your life. Your present reality is a direct outcome of the past thoughts, intentions, and beliefs. But your future is not predestined by your past. By working patiently and intelligently on your thoughts, intentions, and beliefs, you can remake your life and transform your circumstances. The key is to work on them. In Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. And for the 28th day of the month, James Allen shares thoughts create behavior. Thoughts create behavior. Cause and effect are as absolute and undeviating in the hidden realm of thought as in the world of visible and material things. Isaac Newton's physical law states that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Every cause has an effect. James Allen says that same law applies to thought. Every effect has an originating cause. A thought is an originating cause which creates a feeling. The feelings materialize in the physical world because they create action or behavior. As the late Wayne Dyer shared, all of our behavior results from the thoughts which preceded it. So the thought to work on is not your behavior, but the thing to work on rather is not your behavior, but the thing that caused your behavior, your thoughts. If having to change yourself makes you uncomfortable, you can remain as you are. 
Nobody's pushing you to be anything other than where you are right now. But the choice is yours to make. You can remain as you are and curse the effect of it, or you can make the changes in your thoughts and your feelings that will shift your behavior and change your life. Now, just as good thoughts can create a feeling which manifests action or behavior, negative thoughts create feelings which manifest an action or behavior that's negative. I've shared many times that I have a series of prayers and affirmations I use each day to help me generate and focus on positive thoughts. I do a a morning and evening series of forgiveness prayers. I do a gratitude affirmation. I do Ho'oponopono. I do unconditional love affirmations. And I collect a positive thought from the daily word produced by the Unity School of Christianity. And the daily word for Monday, May 21st says, I remember with love all who have come before me. Today in the U.S. is Memorial Day, when we recognize and honor those who died in service to our country. Now, as we honor those who gave their lives, we can recognize that there's no separation of spirit from those who are past to those of us who are physically present today. Our memories, our love, our honor keeps them alive in spirit. In the present, we're the amalgam of our experiences and the people who are and have been in our lives. So today is a day to honor those who have contributed to our lives, whether they're still with us or not. And as we go forward, remember, Thoughts create behavior. And remember with love all who have come before you. And that brings us to our guest for today. Karen Noe is a renowned New Jersey-based psychic medium, spiritual counselor, and healer with a two-year waiting list. She's the founder of the Angel Quest Center in Waldwick, New Jersey. And you can also hear her on Angel Quest Radio, the first Saturday of every month at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, as a child, Karen's psychic abilities manifested often as dreams, showing things before they occurred, or she would feel others' emotions, and she even picked winning numbers for her family. At a low point, when she didn't feel physically or emotionally well, she asked God if she was going to be okay. And from the other side of the room, a huge glowing light appeared and began coming toward her. Inwardly, she shouted, if you are not God, please leave. But the light continued and enveloped her with a sense of complete, unconditional love. She later learned that light was St. Francis of Assisi. She's now able to feel and hear him speak directly to her. She also began receiving messages from angels and deceased loved ones. And for the past 20 years, she's offered her services to others to help them know their angels and deceased loved ones are with them still. In 2015, after Dr. Wayne Dyer left the physical plane, Karen began receiving specific messages from him for his family and the world. Dr. Dyer, St. Francis of Assisi, and a group of celestial beings that are called the We Guides speak through Karen, providing information and guidance for all of us. And Karen has compiled their information in her latest book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. Karen, welcome to Good Vibrations Radio. Thank you so much for having me on the show. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. You're very, very (laughs) welcome. And I think... Many people wonder, because we all go through a period of our life where we question, am I psychic, am I intuitive? But those like you who have had such a strong psychic sense from an early age, people wonder, what was that like for you? And when did you come to the point of truly knowing that it was a psychic sense? (laughs) I thought it was normal. I didn't understand when people, you know, I'd say, oh, someone was going to be turning the corner when I was walking down the street with my friends. And I just thought everyone was like myself. But in reality, you know, everyone can receive messages from their loved ones. Everyone is psychic. They just have to tune into that um, vibration. But, um, yes, about 25 years ago, I was going through that difficult time in my life when I 
you know, I was going, I just yelled at God and asked for a sign, and he gave me that light. And um, I said, if you're not of God, please leave, and it was St. Francis of Assisi. But before that, I had crazy things going on. My father used to take me to the racetrack, <laughs> and I picked <laughs> the winning horses for him, and my mother said he used me, which he did. <laughs> But now I'm an animal activist, and I don't go to the track anymore. <laughs> little things like that. And now, um, after that experience with the light, then I started receiving messages from deceased loved ones, which was different from my psychic abilities before that. And I didn't want people to think I was not in my right mind. I mm-hmm. was shy, <laughs> so I didn't share what I was receiving as you know when I was with friends and colleagues, and I started feeling their loved ones come through. Mm-hmm. And when I did give in and I gave the messages, they were always very profound, very specific messages. And I saw the peace that it brought, and I gave in. And eventually I started doing healing in the back of a hair salon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and word started to spread because when I was doing the healing, the Reiki messages would come, and eventually I was booked for a couple of years ahead of time and so forth. But this is not really about me. The most important thing I would tell listeners is that we all have psychic abilities, and we all can tap into those abilities. We just have to realize that. Maybe it's not as easy as it was for me, but there's many things we can do to raise our vibration, to be able to connect with our deceased loved ones, and to be able to tap into our intuition. So that's very important to know. Well, when a client comes to you for a session, would would you uh, do you traditionally or usually try to help that client to connect with their deceased loved ones after they leave as well? Or, I mean, is there something that you share with them that says, here's what you can do to hear what they're saying to you? Um, When they leave, after they leave the uh, by office, well, first they come. And what happens is as I'm doing the healing, deceased loved ones come through during the healing. After they leave, oftentimes they continue to come. And I call them, but I tell them the most important thing. I believe my purpose on earth is to teach people how to connect to their loved ones themselves. Although I love to do it for them, I tell them to ask their loved ones to give them without a doubt signs. That's one big example. Mm. Our loved ones are giving us signs all the time. And we just have to be aware of, you know, when they're coming to us and, you know, to look for things that don't normally happen. Well, what types of things would be signs that you could uh, expect people to potentially see that says their loved ones are around and sending them messages? There's so many signs. One of the most common ones are our deceased loved ones are able to use their energy to come inside of an animal, whether it be a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly, a dragonfly, to let us know they're with us. Now, it wouldn't be just any animal. The animal would be doing something that it normally wouldn't do such as peck at our window, land on us, you know, scream at us. I've had all these crazy things happen to me, you know, after my my mother uh, left this physical plane. But once I tell my my, uh, clients about this, they say, oh, yeah, I was wondering why the butterfly, I'm talking to my Mm. grandmother and the butterfly landed on me, and that was unusual. And and I was wondering why I I keep finding pennies. I was wondering why the song comes, different songs come on, at the perfect time, with the messages that I long to hear. Other times they see the same numbers over and over, whether it be 1111, 2222, their old Mm. address, birthday, things like that. They can give off fragrances for no apparent reason. You'll be in the middle of nowhere, and you'll smell perfume or cigar smoke, things like Mm. that. They, I could go on and on. They love to play with electricity. They do. They love to turn the lights on and off and the television on and off, right? They make rainbows appear. They, in another way, if you're driving and a car cuts you off, instead of getting angry, which most people do, pay attention to the license plate. It may be your loved one's birthday, their name, or a message from them to you, hmm. you know? They are trying to connect with us as much as we're trying to connect with them. But if we so, don't pay uh, attention, they will stop. Yeah, well, I'm going to watch now because if my cat starts making tomato sauce, I know it's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to watch for that. I'm just going to yeah. be, be alert. But, well, if you start <laughs> smelling the tomato sauce, you know, start smelling that for no apparent reason, things like that. Yeah. 
So also after the 2015, as we mentioned, after uh, Dr. Dyer passed over, you began receiving messages for him, mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was that like for you? How did you know it was Dr. Uh, Wayne Dyer? What was <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It was a series of crazy synchronistic events that led to that point. But since it's a long story, I'll get right to the point. Um, I, was at, I was at an Hay House event, um, my publisher's event, to speak about life after death. And the day before I was set to speak, they had a tribute to Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I was sitting on the author bus. They had all of us authors on the bus that going from the hotel to the conference center. And as I was sitting down, there was one seat available on the whole bus, and in walks Serena Dyer, which was his his daughter. And she sits next to me, and we just start talking. It was, that was pretty much it the first time we talked. But when um, the, we went to the tribute, and when the tribute was over, I was going to go back on the bus, and I'm saying to myself, I'm insignificant. You talk about thoughts, what you were saying in the beginning of the show. <laughs> I was saying I'm so insignificant. I, I don't want to, I shouldn't be on that bus. My favorite authors, you know, my favorite, Wayne Dyer's family, and I'm going on and on. So I decided to walk to the hotel room. And as I'm walking, I'm saying these things to myself. That's when I heard him for the first time. And boy, is he loud. <laughs> he said, get, you know, he, he said, get out of your own way. I said, Wayne, <laughs> is that you? And he said again, get out of your own way. I said, okay. And just as we were talking about a few minutes ago, I said to him, okay, you have to give me a without a doubt sign to let me know that it truly is you. And I continued to walk uh, to the hotel, and then I, heard, I said to him, now how may I serve? Because that's what he used to say, how may I serve? And then the universe works in ways to conspire to help serve us as well. So as I said that, he said, you're already serving. And I said, fine, how may I serve more? So I went into the hotel room, and as I was in the hotel room, something was very itchy inside my shirt. So I reached in to see what it was, and it was a sticker that somehow attached to my shirt, which wasn't there before. And how I know it wasn't there before, in tiny letters underneath the sticker, it said Disney World, and I was not in Disney World Hmm. before that. (laughs) And on the sticker, it said W-E. So I thought, all it said was we, but W-E, I thought at first that it was Wayne, first letter, last letter, because sometimes when I receive messages from deceased loved ones, they give me first letter, last letter of their name. And I heard, Wayne, is that good enough? I said, oh, you bet it is. And I was so thrilled that, you know, and all of this, he really did come to me. And by the way, he's coming to many people. It's not just me. That I want to say. But I later learned that it meant so much more than W.E. Wayne. It meant we of the we consciousness, which he um, continued to talk to me about through subsequent coming weeks ahead of, you know, after Mm -hmm. that. So... Then he connected us me with my his family. They came to see me from they came from Florida to New Jersey and he gave them very specific messages and so forth. It was quite quite an it was wonderful, but I still felt insignificant and he showed me that I am not. <laughs> Where none of us are. None of us are, right? <laughs> but also as the we also a representation of the we guys, which are essentially the council that you've Yes. spoken to that created the profound truths for inner and outer peace. Yes. Yes. So after the first year of connecting with his family, and I was on the phone with his family at least three times a week. He has eight children and a wife, and I got to know them well. He told me to connect with them, you know, whenever something was going on in their lives. So they knew without a doubt he was there. And I have to tell you, they were very specific. You know, when (laughs) his daughter was ready to push to give birth, he said to call her right now. You know, things like that. Mm. I would never know. But um, that first year after I was receiving messages from them, it was New Year's Eve. And I was trying to stay awake for midnight, but I was so tired. So I decided to take a nap about 8 o'clock. And as I was lying down... I felt him coming through to me. It usually was for other people, for his family and his friends. But this time he, he came to speak to me. 
And he said, now's the time to do what you came on earth to do. And I knew immediately what that was. And that was to, to promote peace on earth. Hmm. And then he mentioned that, okay, he was going to join forces with a group of beings called the We Guides. And that would include St. Francis of Assisi, who is, is one of my guides, as well as angels and ascended masters, as well as him. And it would be hard to differentiate him from everyone else when he was with this a group consciousness. And they would give me 33 concepts of the We Consciousness and... 33 uh, symbolizes divine guidance and the spiritual uplifting of all of creation, because I asked why 33. Mm. And that, that, was, that was it. And it was, I pretty much, right after he spoke to me about that, I jumped up, wrote the table of contents of the book, and <laughs> I thought, thought, yeah, it was crazy. I thought I was going to do the whole book about Wayne Dyer, and it wasn't all about Wayne Dyer. It was about peace on earth. But, although I do have a chapter in the back of the book, you know, yes. I said, hey, Wayne, you have to give a little bit of this. I know people want to hear from you individually, and he did. And and that's the thing. When I receive messages from deceased loved ones, it comes as downloaded messages to me. It's not word for word for word as, you know, Abraham with, you know, Esther Hicks. It's downloaded messages as it comes. So it, if I said, Wayne, does this sound like me? And he said, sounds like you because you're receiving, you know, and he explained but what he did that whole uh, the year before that was he came to his family and friends so that we knew without a doubt it was him speaking. So when he did give me the messages, see, even now I'm saying, is it really you? Are you really coming to me? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so that's the story in a nutshell. <laughs> well, as I mentioned when we spoke briefly before the show started, I really do, uh, I really do love this book. Thank you. And and so what I'd like to share right now for the listeners is just mention the chapters from the table of contents, if that's all right with you. Of course. And so part one is the profound truths of the we consciousness, which is chapter one, the we consciousness. Chapter two, becoming an instrument of peace. Then part two is self-love, which includes chapter three, the illusion of being separate from God and others. Chapter four, pathways to loving yourself. Chapter five, benefits of self-love. Chapter six, remembering who you are. Chapter seven, raising your vibration. Chapter eight, letter writing. Part three is compassion for others, which is extending your peace outward. Chapter 10, becoming partners in peace with all those in the celestial realm. Chapter 11, compassion for all non-human animals and the environment. And then part four is summing it up with messages from Wayne Dyer, which you mentioned Chapter 12, Wayne Dyer Speaks, The Afterlife, We Concepts, and Other Messages. Chapter 13, Joining Together in Love. And then there's appendixes A, B, C, D, and E. A is the 33 concepts of the We Consciousness. B is the Dyer Family Speaks. C is Peace Prayers. D is Quotes About Peace. And E, Organizations and Websites for Peace. And I'll mention briefly what I liked about what really struck me about the book is one, uh, it started right in with the we consciousness and the concepts in chapter one. I didn't have to fish around. I didn't have to wait till I got to chapter 33 to get the 33rd concept. It, it, it laid it all out for me right up front and then started going through the book and sharing how to apply those by giving me steps to take and information to understand and especially a beautiful focus on self-love that I thought was very simple for people to understand self-love and how our lack of self-love gets in the way of so much in our lives. And, and it kind of just moved forward from there, you know, raising your vibration, as we mentioned, compassion. And in your compassion for all non-human animals, you also spoke at that point of how that became a journey for you to become a vegan. Could you? Oh, I'm so glad them? you asked me that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I started receiving messages from deceased loved ones, I started to feel the pain of the animals when I was eating meat. That was many years ago. So I just couldn't eat meat anymore. And I became a, a at first, I became a vegetarian. 
I just couldn't do it. And I assure you, if everyone could feel that, they wouldn't be able to eat meat either. Because after all, as I spoke about in the we consciousness, animals are a part of who we are. And we don't understand that because our bodies are separate from each other. But after we leave this physical plane, we'll feel the interconnectivity of everyone and everything, including these animals. But after a long, um, after about a year or so of being vegetarian, I actually had a bunion on my foot. I had to have surgery. And as I had the blood test uh, for, uh, before the surgery, it showed that I, my cholesterol was very high. Okay, so no, no wonder, because I had a terrible diet at that point. All I had was cheese and pizza and all of that. But little did I know that Is the dairy... Is there something wrong with that? <laughs> little did I know. Uh, my, my cholesterol was up the kazoo. It was terrible. And uh, so the doctor said, okay, here, here's a prescription. So I said, Is that right? I put it in my closet. As a matter of fact, a day later, I threw it out. And I became a vegan right after that. No more dairy. My cholesterol went down 70 points within, I believe, it was a month or so. After three months, it went down 100 points. And I later learned, I didn't know at that time, the dairy industry is just as bad when you, when you, you know, the milk and what they do to the chickens and all of that. But, you know, I love to talk about positive things. And I love to talk about my love for animals and all of that. With that said and done, I couldn't, I could not eat dairy either, and um, so my wish is for the world to understand this, and if people are not inclined to do so, that's okay too. Of course, they'll still be able to connect with their loved ones and the angels, but the most important thing, if they can do just maybe one meal a week, vegan, that would be saving one animal's life mm, a week. Mm. Now multiply that every year, every person on earth, that would be amazing. Because animals, non-human animals are just as important as we are. They're not less than we are. And if we could live happy and healthy lives without harming anyone or anything, why wouldn't we? Yeah. That's what I feel. Anyway, I could go on and on, but if you if you find me on Facebook... I won't be talking about the negative, what people do with the animals and the slaughterhouses and all that, because I'm all about positive messages. You'll find the cute animals and, you know, what you could do, go to animal sanctuaries and do all of that, because we want to uplift the planet, not put in, bring our vibration down. So that's very important, too. One of the things that you stress throughout the book that's important for uh, a lot of folks, to, for all of us, to grasp, is the idea of connectedness that so often the problems that we experience in our lives come from either our, our ego or our emotion, but creating that image for us of separateness Mm -hmm. of isolation. And yet when we can see ourselves as connected, it seems as if we create connections as opposed to seeing ourselves apart. Exactly. Beautifully said. That's true. Now, well, and happens, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead, please. I was going to say, after we pass, we're able to see that interconnectivity because our bodies aren't separating us from everyone and everything. But mm. until then, when we realize that everyone is part of us, I know it's difficult to grasp, then, you know, but concept one uh, says the most important truth is that we are all one. Our oneness encompasses everyone and everything, including God, the angels, ascended masters, enlightened beings from other areas in the universe, deceased loved ones, animals, and nature. We're all one. That's difficult to grasp. We're in a physical body. So, um, but I, I assure you that's the case, and most people feel it when they're in meditation. So it's important to quiet your thoughts, if you can, daily to at least tap into that oneness every every day. Well, and you stress meditation also in the book. You encourage meditation, I should say, mm-hmm. as a place to go where you can actually, as you said, create that connection with the oneness, but also to release those things that are weighing us down. Correct. Yes. I always tell people praying is talking to God and meditation is listening. And in any relationship, we need to listen as well as to speak to our loved ones. 
to everyone around us. We need to listen to God, to the divine within us. That's extremely important. So for those who struggle with meditation, what, how would you recommend they take an approach to start integrating that as part of their daily practice? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of my clients ask me, they say they can't quiet their thoughts, and so I have meditation classes. But for them, I would tell them to get a guided meditation tape, something that they feel good with, you know, somebody's voice that they they enjoy, and to set an intention of listening to that guided meditation tape if they can every single day. There Mm. will come a point when you don't want to hear that chatter anymore, but you have been setting the intention all those days, and eventually you'll just turn the the CD off. Um, Another way of doing it is chanting. You could say that I I always encourage mala beads. Mala beads are beads, 108 beads, that's a a sacred number, and they repeat a mantra 108 times, Mm. and that helps them to focus on the mantra, and thus they're meditating. Hopefully they're not thinking about what to make for dinner <laughs> or whatever yeah. else. <laughs> right. And, and actually, I, I use mala beads. i actually wearing them right now. But, uh, nice. but what I love that you shared, because I've never heard anybody in, in, in all the years of, of talking to different people about meditation, and I've never heard anybody suggest just use a guided meditation tape until you no longer want to hear the noise of the voice. I love that. I think that that's mm-hmm. so simple that it becomes a, a no-excuse type of thing. Well, yes. When I started to meditate many years ago, I couldn't quiet. Now I do it every day. But 25 years ago, I, I just couldn't do it. So I had a couple of guided meditation tapes. And I assure you, after a month or so of, do, of doing that every day, it's okay. I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> just I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm just meditating now. It's great. It's a great way but, to get into it. Plus, what I think it does is that sometimes... Um, I think especially with meditation, people don't know what they're supposed to do. So right. the guided meditation takes you through, and now it also gives you concepts that you can play in your own mind when you turn the tape off. Right, and exactly. I think, I, I think it's such – I've never heard anybody suggest that. I think what a great idea. Mm. Yeah, what a great I idea. it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. And you also – I think the foundational thing, I, I love that you shared concept one, which is – wonderful and there's so many things in here but one of the things that i feel is foundational that you touch on also is this issue of self-love and that we're so conflicted in this society over the self-love narcissism Mm -hmm. you know egoism you know all the different things would you mind explaining to the listeners really what what self-love is why we need it and how we can start go ahead go ahead Oh, my goodness, it's very important. First of all, we're just as important as everyone else, if we understand the interconnectivity of everyone and everything. But peace within is a prerequisite to outer peace, Mm. you know. So we have to learn to respect ourselves. And if we can understand we are divine, we have God within us, it's disrespectful to put ourselves down. It is disrespectful. So think of it that way. So when you put yourself down, just think, I, I'm insulting the God within me. Hmm. A lot of people can't, they can't grasp that they have God within them. they just like, no, that's disrespectful and all of that. But you do. <laughs> and imagine the power that you have within you. So when you put yourself down and you think you're not as important as everyone else, you're not living up to your full potential. And that's very sad. Well, I guess it also goes to if you can't respect yourself, how can you expect others to respect yourself? Exactly. That's you know, right. I, on a simple level, you disrespected me, yes, but you don't respect yourself either. So because you're they're mirroring, simple. right? Yeah, what you're exactly. putting out there. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna draw that to ourselves. Exactly. Well, one of the things you stress also is that self love begins with a better awareness of we consciousness. And what I haven't asked you is. Could you let us know what we consciousness actually is? Sure. Okay, the, the we consciousness, it's an awareness of the unity of everything and everyone, which includes animals and nature, as we discussed. It's an awareness of our divinity, compassion for all of life, and what a person does to oneself or another, 
how that affects the whole. And then if you could fully grasp these important truths, you'll be able to create miracles in your life and make a significant difference in the world. One of the things that I've, I believe people struggle with, and maybe because it was part of my own personal struggle, is that people often confuse, how do I want to say this, often confuse looking at things in a positive way with ignoring the traumas that they've experienced in their life. So they don't go through the healing process mm. to release the traumas, to heal them, to come at peace with them, to integrate what they've taken from that in order for them then to take a more proactive and positive view in the world. So how would you expect people to really process through their past, their issues, what they're carrying forward and need to release in order to become more self-loving and more peaceful in their present moment so they can be more peaceful in the world? That's a very good question. I would tell them they need to focus on solutions to problems instead of the problems themselves. Whatever you're tapping into, you're creating more of the same. If you're thinking constantly about what happened to you and every, how someone hurt you, you're going to create more of that. So you need to focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. Easier mm. said than done. I know. I know that. But if you want to change your life, you really need to think about what you want instead of what is. So I'm not saying to disregard what happened to you. But what I am saying is saying, what do you want to do now? Focus on solutions. Raise your vibration. Easier yeah, said than done. I have to say it over and over because some people have had you know, a lot of things happen to them. But if you, I always talk about forgiveness because forgiveness, you're, you're helping yourself. It's that saying that I always use that Dr. Wayne Dyer used. It's not the snake bite that kills you. It's the venom that's left behind. So if you want to continue to focus on what's wrong, your life will continue. You'll always be in the state of hating and being unhappy what I say to people, stop it. <laughs> Focus on what you want instead of what is. Mm. Really, they don't understand. You're a vibrational being that attracts like unto itself. Do you want to continue to attract what's wrong, or do you want to attract love and peace and, and harmony and all of that? And most people want love and peace and harmony. And if they want to hold a grudge, then they choose it themselves, you know, but I do tell them. I don't I don't say it forcefully because a lot of people have had, you know, really horrible things happen to them. But I do want them to understand that whatever they focus upon grows. It's not, you're, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. This energy, these thoughts are creating every, the feelings that you are feeling, more of that you're attracting to you, if that makes sense. It does, and I actually feel that your your chapter, Chapter 9, Extending Your Peace Outward, mm -hmm. where you started like you did yourself, you know, ask the universe how you may serve this planet. I feel that if people went through the steps there, you know, embrace your connection to the whole, become peace, that those steps themselves could be used as a healing practice for work, working. Yeah. And, you know, forgiveness is in there, of course. Forgiveness is tough. Because we forget that when we don't forgive, like you're saying, like Dr. Wayne Dyer said, we're actually holding that venom inside of ourselves. That's all that's happening. We are. Nothing happens to the other person. We're the ones. We're trying to poison them by drinking the poison. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's right. No, most people don't realize. And they'll say, surely I'm entitled to have this grudge. I said, sure you are. But do you want to hold on to that negativity your whole life? Unplug from that energy. Plug into love. There's so many blessings around, you know, around your life. Focus on the love that you do have. You know, that, that's, that's a different way of thinking and feeling. And going through some of my coursework in, in uh, one of my degree programs this last week, also we were dealing with trauma and recovery. And that's mm -hmm. probably where this question came from anyway. Not, But... Um, one of the things that was, was pointed out, and I've always felt this, I don't know that I ever articulated it, but I'd like to just share it, is that, is that by having gone through trauma ourselves and having been able to find a way to heal and forgive 
we actually become more empathic to others in their pain and are better healers and servants and counselors for others in our lives as opposed to just having had a blank slate. So Buddha always said that every experience is sacred. And as we know, when you're going through it, it feels anything but sacred, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But when we're able to come out the other side of it, we've actually gained a lot of wisdom if we're able to practice that love and forgiveness. Not easy. Not always easy. And I've been there. I'm not, I'm absolutely, I've been there. And um, when these things happen and I, I continue to focus on what's wrong, I continue to feel badly. But when I come out of it, I said, whoa, I, I really... I've learned a lot. Yeah, so it's yeah, exactly yeah. what you're saying. Absolutely true. And I have also noticed, I would suggest to the listeners, I'm not suggesting them to yell at God and the angels, but it seems whenever I'm desperate, when I <laughs> yell, I say, please give me a sign to let me know you're there. You know, surely you're there. I know you could hear me, but I can't hear you, is when I get the messages. So it's something about that, our calling out for their help. So definitely call out to the angels and to God. They could help uh, help you on your journey as well. And they they all are part of your uh, we guides also from uh, uh, chapter ten. Of course, you know God and the angels and guardian angels and archangels. Mm-hmm. Do all of your we guides um, have specificity like being a Dr. Wayne Dyer or being a Saint Francis of Assisi, or are some of them just guides with no identification? A lot of them are guides with no identification, and it's it's a large group, and it's difficult to differentiate one from the other. Um, but it's it's just a, when I receive messages from that group, and by the way, we all could connect to the we guides as well. It's not just Karen Owe. Mm-hmm. When I feel them, it just feel it's different than when I connect to one individual deceased loved ones. It feels it feels um, how do I put it into words? So much more bigger a lot of love, so much more. A person that has passed feels like an individual. It has, they have personalities. If they were funny, they come through funny. If they were quiet, they're quiet. But when the angels, the group guides come together, I can't even put it into words. There's no words to describe it. It's just amazing. Big. <laughs> well, yeah. you mentioned that, that everyone can get in touch with um, their guides or their deceased loved ones. and. Yeah. Is some of that done through meditation, or are there other practices that you encourage to just go well, into the silence? The silence is the best way of doing it. Um, before I even do appointments, I do appointments every day where I receive messages, you know, from deceased loved ones, and I always meditate in the morning so I connect with their energy. But this is the important part. Um, I would suggest to listeners when they do meditate. Meditate with the intention of just quieting your thoughts, not connecting with your loved ones or the angels. Because what happens is you meditate with the intention of hearing from them later on in the daytime. Right? Mm. So it's like putting gas in the car so that you could drive your car. So meditation is certainly one of the ways to connect with them. Another way would just ask them, give me signs. You know, let me know that you're with me. And when you say that, They'll give you a sign, and it may not be in the way that you would expect it to be, but you will receive a sign. Another thing you must do is to raise your vibration so it's more on par with the vibration of who they are. In other words, um, if we're experiencing unforgiveness and jealousy and all of that, it's hard to tune into their – it's like turning to the wrong radio station, 1700, when you want 3200 a.m., Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's difficult to do. So you have to raise your vibration. There's many ways to do that, too. But, you know, the most important is to ask to become a vehicle of love and service. When you say, how may I serve? The universe, again, will work in ways to conspire to to serve you as well. Yeah, in Chapter 7, you do talk very much about raising the vibrations, and there's there's issues there. And I, I just have to go back and say once again, I love the way this book is laid out. I love the simplicity. And don't anyone listen, take that as a criticism. It's not. By simplicity, I mean it's clear. It's concise. It lets me know what to do, how to do it. it there's no confusion. There's pure clarity. 
And and I love the way the tools have laid out, including the appendices, where once again, the 33 truths are laid out, the 33 concepts are laid out very simply. And then you also have the quotes about peace, as well as the uh, different prayers and mantras that can be used for peace. And And I think you've touched on something very, I believe, very profound. And that's this issue of your purpose in life is about is about peace. But yet if more of us adopted more peace in our own lives, in our own little circle, we actually could generate much more energy toward creating peace in the world if we would just do that in our own little world. Correct. That's and you've given exactly the right. tools here. So you've given the tools. This This book lives up to its... It's titled, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And what are, other than the first concept which you shared with us, what would be the the real gift you would like people to get from this book that you've shared with us? Hmm. There's so many gifts, but the most Well, important share as many is, as you want. I mean, okay. I don't want um, to cut you off. You share no, with you. No, no. The most important, I would say, is to understand, again, the interconnectivity of all of us. And you understand what you do to oneself or another affects the whole. When you understand that, we all are able to create peace on Earth. Instead of um, wars are never going to solve these problems. Only by raising our vibration, that's how we're going to solve the problem of the world right now. So we have to unplug from the negativity that's going on in the world. We have to. Instead of saying, oh, but this one said that, and this one said that, and there's all these shootings. Yes. As we said before, you want to acknowledge that this exists. But we have to raise our vibration. If we don't do that, this will continue to exist. And we can continue to complain about it and say this is wrong. But until we raise our vibration saying this is not acceptable, this is not something that a loving person, God, would do. And when we do that, we'll change the whole planet, create peace on earth. So instead of complaining about what isn't working, try to be a demonstration of what can work. Be an instrument of peace. How may I serve? How may I make the world a better place? And how may I serve myself and others because we're just as important as everyone else? Again, true peace begins within ourselves. If we're not at peace with ourselves, we can't create peace in the world. We can't. It's not, it's not possible. So we have to begin with ourselves. And, Karen, would it be inappropriate to to break that down into two steps of telling the listeners that start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Get comfortable there and then extend it outward. Yes. No, that's exactly. You, you want me to ex- expand on that? Oh, no, if you want to, if you choose no, to. No, no, that's exactly. You said it perfectly because you well, can't. You can't create peace on the outside. If, you, if within you you're full of hate and unforgiveness, can't do it. We have this, to clean ourselves first. Yeah, and the, the reason I had said that also is sometimes I've noticed at different sessions with different people they almost seem to get overwhelmed of what do I need to do with the world mm. when first what they need to do is maybe reshape themselves a little bit, reclean themselves, reclear themselves. And that's something we have total control over. Absolutely. Yeah. We and don't have to react. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's a lifetime work too. Oh, the other thing right. it seems is that we don't have to worry. And you've shared this about yourself in different words in our discussion today. We don't have to worry about ever having arrived. We're always a work in progress. Absolutely. We just keep peeling away different layers. So what are the final thoughts that you would like to leave the listeners with, Karen? Any anything profound or simple or as you choose? Yes. What I would love to tell everybody, remember who you are. You have the power of God within you. You could create amazing miracles in your life and in the world as well. If you understood this, you would your life will never be the same. You won't be a victim anymore. You will be a miracle worker. It will be just as easy as that. And I, I mean I just I, I I'm trying remember that you're just as powerful and important as everyone else. I have to share a little story 
very quickly. No, sure. Um, no, I, I had a, uh, an event. I spoke with Sage Dyer, Wayne Dyer's uh, daughter, a few weeks ago at the Metaphysical Center in New Jersey. And that morning, I had a tremendous downloaded information from the We Guide saying that one of the most important things that I need to work on, it's not about loving other people, because I could do that very well, as we talked about just a few minutes ago. Most people say, you know, you must love everybody. I don't do a really good job about loving myself, so I'm confiding in you. I have to say, yes, I am significant. I am able to do all of this, and I can make a difference, and so can you. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I want to remind folks that they can go to uh, Karen Noe's website, that's K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com, uh, and purchase a copy of the book. It'll take you over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, or you can go directly to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. Karen, I know it's a little bit later there on the East Coast than it is here on the West Coast, but Thank you so much for taking your time today, and thank you for sharing this book and your gifts with us. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I appreciate, again, everything that you put in with your guides into this book and that you shared with us today. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Thank you. You as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's coming up astrologically for the rest of this week. So on Friday, March 30th, as most of you know, we held the quarterly preview with the astrology, numerology, and wisdom of the Tarot for April, May, and June. Now for May, uh, the, the card I drew was the Seven of Rainbows from the Osho Zen Tarot deck as the card for May. And the title of that card is Patience. And the card reminds us that everyone has a cycle and everything has a cycle. And this is the time to be patient. Existence waits for the right moment. And we've forgotten how to wait. We want something in a hurry. This is the time to be alert, be patient, and wait. And we're reluctant recipients of our own guidance. Don't overrun everyone in the pursuit of your dreams. Enjoy the mystery and wait. The card for June is the Three of Rainbows. And the title of this card is Guidance. And this card reminds us that all the guidance we need is found within our intuitive self, our inner guide, our dharma is our inner Buddha. And often we don't want to look inside and listen. We turn away and doubt. This card reminds us to say, you can trust your inner guide. Following your inner guide will make you feel more whole, more integrated. Trust yourself. Avoid smothering what you've created with too much attention or too many restrictions or by imposing too many conditions. So as you carry your patience from May forward, remember to trust yourself and, and listen to your inner Buddha in June. Now, as part of your journey of growth and change tomorrow, May 29 at 7.19 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, We'll have a full moon in Sagittarius. Now, Jupiter, which is currently retrograde in Libra, is the ruler of the full moon. It forms a trine with Neptune in Pisces and Venus in Cancer. And a trine is a harmonious karmic connection. Jupiter and Venus are known as the benefits, the most beneficial planets of the zodiac. They offer beauty, harmony, love, attraction, Luck, growth, wisdom, and expansion. Quite a series of, of um, potential traits or that can affect us as, as a result of this trine. And then when you add Neptune, you add the magic of dreams and healing, intuition, and the collective unconscious. This full moon is about finding the meaning and learning from the lessons in your life. Sagittarius is the truth seeker of the zodiac. And we have a natural tendency to seek meaning in life. We've been subjected to too many hollow platitudes that everyone has meaning from too many hollow proponents of buzzword metaphysics. While everything in our life is sacred, it becomes sacred to us only when we understand the lesson built into it. 
If we don't internally explore the lesson and it simply remains an event, traumatic or otherwise, we don't get the learning out of it. It just becomes one of those things that Karen and I were discussing where it just lingers on and becomes that venom or poison we carry inside of ourselves. Sagittarius wants us to explore the big question of our life. There is no one truth to everything in life. There is personal truth to everything in life. The full moon in Sagittarius is an opportunity to honor the seeker of truth inside you. You may not find the ultimate truth, but that doesn't mean you should stop looking for it. The ultimate truth for each of you is the ultimate truth for each of you. Stay on your journey of seeking. Use your inner guidance and patiently keep waiting for the teacher to appear. When the student is fully ready, the teacher disappears. To see which area of your life will be most impacted by this full moon, check to see where Sagittarius falls in your natal chart. The specific house will show you where to find your truth. If it's the first house, that's the house of self. If it's the second house, that's the house of material possessions. If it's the third house, that's the house of communications. The fourth house, it's the house of home and family. The fifth house, it's the house of pleasure. The sixth house, it's the house of health. The seventh house is the house of partnerships. The eighth house, the house of reincarnation, sex, and mystery. The ninth house is the house of philosophy. The tenth house is the house of status, goals, career. The eleventh house, the house of friendship and social awareness. And the twelfth house is the house of endings, undoings, the subconscious. So as we prepare for the coming changes through our search for truth, remember, thoughts create behavior. Be ready for the new discoveries and accomplishments. Be patient, be prudent, listen to your inner guidance, and definitely take action. We sow what we reap. As we close, I want to once again share the anonymous poem from Empower Astrology, in the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. And I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. No matter how hard the world pushes against you, within you, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. Whatever you give, do so from your heart. Open to your inner shaman. Be non-judgmental. Be in balance. Hold all experiences as sacred. Do a daily practice of gratitude by saying, thank you for everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. Choose to express love in all your encounters. I live and practice loving kindness in all situations. Accept yourself fully. I accept and love myself unconditionally. Open yourself to love using this affirmation, I surrender all to love. Express and heal yourself love by doing your Ho'oponopono Huna healing. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You are not the victim. You have a choice. I want to remind you once again about Karen Noe and her book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. You can go to karennoe.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com. Or visit the guest page of goodvibrationsradio.com. And you can link directly over to her from the website listed on that page. Thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio. We'll talk again Monday, 5 to 6 p.m. on the 4th of June. When Kiralani will share her the vibrational energy of June in her Go With The Flow segment. 
So until next week, remember to turn the lead in your life into gold. Thank you for listening. Many blessings. Namaste.